On this episode, we smoke the Diesel Whiskey Row Rabbit Hole Derringer, and we are pairing it with the Rabbit Hole Derringer PX Sherry Cask Finished Bourbon. This is an A.J. Fernandez collab with a Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper, a Brazilian binder, and Nicaraguan filler from the regions of Ometepe, Jalapa, and Candega. I'm your host, Johnny Midas, and you're listening to Burn Line Podcast. Burn Line Podcast. The burn line on a well-crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor, much like our wit and wisdom. And what's up, everybody? Welcome to Burn Line Podcast, coming to you not live from the hot box, the smoky back room where deals are struck and fortunes are made adjacent to the Blanco Cigar Lounge, nestled among the complex of rooms that comprises Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA, the only Blanco Lounge in North America. I'm your host, Johnny Midas. With me is your other host, Nick the Brick McCann. Nick, how are we doing this morning? Dude, it's pronounced like Derringer. I'm reading this right now. It's pronounced like Derringer. Do you read Whiskey Advocate? Whiskey, yeah. It's like a website yeah. blog kind of thing. Yeah, apparently it's, um, they say it's pronounced like Derringer. Well, I mean, that would make sense. It's just like spelled wrong. Derringer. <laughs> it's spelled Derringer, like mashed together. <laughs> pronounced like Derringer. Derringer Der-ringer. Is, is made with 68% corn, 18% wheat, and 14% malted barley. The whiskey's name is a nod to Zamanian's wife. So, yeah, we are smoking the Diesel Whiskey Row Rabbit Hole Derringer. Um, we are smoking the 6x58, so nice chunky cigar here. Uh, we mentioned before the show, not really our wheelhouse, right? Both of us uh, yeah. really, you know, I think 54 is my absolute top out preferred. But uh, we'll smoke this big guy. Um, and, of course, this is a uh, A.J. Fernandez collaboration. And uh, we're actually pairing it with the Rabbit Hole Derringer. Um this is a uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. We'll talk a little bit about Rabbit Hole, uh, but it is finished in PX Sherry Casks from Spain. It is 93 proof, which is 46.5% alcohol by volume for those of you that are keeping score at home. So it'll be pretty cool to see how these kind of fit together. And also, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the weather's changing. It's uh, getting colder outside, smoking outside, which most of us smoke cigars either in a lounge or outside, right? Um, you know, how you can prep for the colder weather and uh, keep enjoying those cigars in the colder temperatures. All right. So, a little bit about presentation on this cigar. Jeez, man. Covered in paper. It is covered in paper. Holy so bands. Yeah, it's got a... A thick, kind of cool, uh, the the main cigar band is cut so that it looks like a, an angle, like a slash. You know, like it's going uh, angled across the cigar. That's too much. With the little, like the the D for diesel is like in a circle that pops out if I'm, from the band. If I'm working at the band factory... You're really like angry, right? I'm, I'm complaining about this. <laughs> at, least where the, at least where it comes together... It's like a normal band. Yeah, right? they kept those ends straight. My boss, if my boss is telling me that I have to make five thousand of these, yeah, yeah, twenty thousand oh, yeah. of these, <laughs> I'm I'm rolling my eyes. So it's pretty cool because it's it's like a um, like the texture is kind of like a parchment paper. Um, it's flat with some slightly matte gold, and it's it's like gold gold, not like the shiny fake gold, right? 
and it's got this purple uh, purple color that you know is carried through on the rabbit hole Derringer bottle. Um, I'm holding them up, and you can see the paper is actually the same identical texture. Oh, nice! But the color is actually different. Are the angles the same too? With the co- yes, wow! It it matches the rabbit hole. Holy cannoli! Flavor. Like they put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. So yeah, the only thing that honked me off was like, so on the rabbit hole Derringer, there's actually two different colors of purple, right? I got you. And the diesel band doesn't match any of them. <laughs> so yeah, the diesel band is markedly darker. Yeah. So it's close and it's color palette adjacent, um, but it doesn't match. So call me an asshole for noticing that, but uh, I did notice it. And then down at the foot, you got this big ass inch and a half band of cream colored paper with like the, it's like the faint pinstripes, like one of those old Virginia Slims. Um, yeah. It's uh, got the rabbit hole PX Sherry cast. It's like a cigarette paper, a cigarette filter, cool. or something like that. It kind of does, doesn't yeah. it? It's cool looking. Yeah. I really, really like it. The amount of uh, money they put into banding this mm-hmm. is um, like significant. You know, I know something about stamping uh, bands and getting them created. Like the probably the dye, just the dye to make this was probably $40,000. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not like they could take any other band and just change the colors or something. What did you do to your finger? Oh, I cut it. That's disgusting. Can you cover that up? Can I? Yes. I Will don't, I? No. I, I don't want to look at that. No, it has to breathe. That's gross. Here, let me squeeze the pus out. Oh, man. All right, all right. Um, oh. All right, so looking at the actual cigar, this uh, this wrapper is pretty damn gorgeous. It, it is a, uh, it's a dark Maduro... Um, it has got bloom on it. Bloom? Yeah. What in the... You know, like uh, when you got those speckles on it that's like um, from age. Bloom. Uh, yeah. Age speckling. Yeah. Uh, not very toothy, but the veins are pronounced um, and also like lighter color. Uh, we know what that's from. Um, so we are smoking the Diesel Whiskey Row Rabbit Hole Derringer. That's a mouthful cigar, and it is a mouthful because it's a 6x58. Um, this cigar is, uh, got a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, nice uh, Maduro finish. Um, it's got a lot of this pilling, um, this bloom on it. Um, it's got the pebbles, the 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 bloom I call it. No, it's not toothy though. It's not really toothy, but it's got the little spots from age, the age spots on it. I call that bloom. Right, right, yeah. Well, uh, we need to we need to like do a visual and post it online for people. This is what we're talking about. Um, it's got a Brazilian binder, and then the filler is Nicaraguan. But I noticed that what is missing from the Nicaraguan is um, Esteli. So it's got all of the other Nicaraguan regions. It's the binder that's barrel-aged, I believe, right? Yes, the binder is barrel-aged. So this is actually similar to the Weller, because the Weller's wrapper was not barrel-aged, but the binder was. Yeah, that's correct. And I think there's a, a, region, a reason for that, which is, uh, from what I've heard, the barrel-aging doesn't, doesn't really improve the um, burn rate. So it's just like combustion 
yeah, the combustion is compromised a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that's what uh, that's what we're smoking today. Really interesting. Actually, sounds like something AJ would come up with. Oh yeah. Um, and I think you know a little bit of a contrast with like, I think diesel is is probably famous in a lot of lounges around the country for being a good affordable cigar. Right. And uh, strong, I think. And strong. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this one sounds strong, although it's uh, actually advertises like a mid body. So we'll find out. Um, all right. Well, I want to get smoking this thing, man. Hell yeah, let's do it. It is time for our official cutting, and our official cutting is brought to you by Fat Boy Cigars. The bold and delicious flavors of premium hand-selected tobacco leaves are highlighted in the original jacked cigar by Fat Boy Cigars. And don't forget to try the Fat Boy Cigars Boots on the Ground series for every cigar you purchase in this series. Fat Boy Cigars will donate $1 to charities benefiting our frontline heroes. Fat Boy Cigars, welcome to the Fat Boy's world. And I am clipping my cigar with my Craftsman's Bench double guillotine open-ended. Nick, you have got your double guillotine close-ended. I'm clipping my cigar with authority. With authority. All right. No limp-wristed cutting allowed. That firm, authoritative clip will remind the tobacco who's in charge. Yeah. Tell them. They get sometimes a little mouthy. <laughs> and we are uh, just tapping the dottle out of the cut end right now on the back of our hand. And I got a pretty good clean cut. Heckity yeah, man. This is awesome. I'm so excited for this. Diesel. A.J. Fernandez Diesel Rabbit Hole. So, uh... Derringer. Rabbit Hole Derringer, yeah. And it is time for our official lighting... And we remind you, as always, toasted, not roasted. Gently toast that cigar with love. It's the old good cop, bad cop. Or should I say bad cop, good cop. You've got to clip it with authority and roast it with love. Toast it with love. Don't uh, blow it away. It is so easy with our 17-flame, electronically-powered rocket ship motors that they sell as lighters nowadays. Go ahead and take the time to just get it toasted up. Look how perfect that cherry is. Wow. They should call this cherry cask. <laughs> no. Nope. Ooh. Holy, holy no infusion flavor. Mm-mm. Wow. There is like hardly anything that I'm tasting in, uh, as far as infusion goes or, uh, you know, barrel aging. Very subtle. Yeah, so the tobacco is aged in bourbon barrels, although ironically they don't say which bourbon. I'm assuming it's rabbit hole damage. <laughs> but, uh, Southern comfort. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, definitely definitely not an infused cigar. Um, I'm getting a, a very strong atypical char flavor. A- the first couple. Atypical? Atypical. Yeah. Um, Char flavor on the first couple of puffs. Um, hmm, it's interesting. I don't have a lot of nuance right now. No, um, it tastes like uh, leather and char. I think to me right now. Yeah, I have to give it uh, give it a half inch or so. I mean, there's definitely floral notes in there. Those are going to come out. I think in a little bit. Straight bourbon whiskey finish in PX. What is PX? 
So it's like the ranking okay. of the sherry, uh-huh. kind of like um, you know, um, cognac has like XO VSOP. You know. Oh wait, 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 wait! What really? Yeah. Uh, twice finished in new toasted charred American oak barrels. Sherry cask never. Ch- so what's this chill filtered thing? Like when they filter it out, it's not cold. Yeah, some distilleries uh, filter their bourbon chilled. And uh, from the people that I've talked to that are in the industry who chill filter, they will tell you that that particular blurb is uh, pure marketing BS. Oh. Um, the, the chilling is to preserve the consistency and flavor mm-hmm. uh, is what they say, the people that do it. Mm-hmm. And Rabbit Hole says they're doing that to hide impurities, and so they never chill it. Um, and then the counter argument is they can't afford to chill it, and the, you know, and it just goes back and forth. Yeah, so, right, right, right. Like I don't distill whiskey, and I don't care if it's a good whiskey. It's a good whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, that's just marketing. Um, would you would you chalk it up to like the Jefferson's Sea Barrel? Oh, would you, like, would well, you say yeah, it's one like of the, one of those kind of gimmicky. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean the uh, the Jefferson Ocean. Other than the price, which I think is outrageous, um, it tastes good. Like it does oh, taste kind of briny. I'm and, sold on the gimmick. I mean, I think yeah. it's so cool. But yeah, it's a little gimmicky. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, even honestly, finished in sherry cask is a little gimmicky. You know, in the is it. Yeah, in the bourbon world, like, so Angel's Envy is the famous one that's, you know, finished in port casks. and Oh, really? Every single one, like, of the yeah. regular production Angel's Envy is yep. finished in, wow, okay. Yeah. Um, the M81, right? You yeah. remember that from episode whatever that was? Yeah. Metallica collab. Yeah. That's finished in casks. Um, I think it's, uh, like, black currant brandy or something that it's finished in. I can't remember. Jeez. Um, I bought a bottle of Basil Hayden's last year that was finished in... Uh, Red wine casks. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, Basil's is famous for being kind of spicy. Yeah. Bourbon. Right. That sounds like an interesting combo. But yeah, like the finishing in uh, barrels that have been used to age other products uh, is a little gimmicky. Bourbon was just fine before they started doing that. Right. It's still just fine. And most of people's favorite bourbons are not finished that way. Hey, man, it's recycling, all right? They're using the barrel twice. <clears throat> Single-use barrel. Yeah, but what releases more carbon, cutting down a white oak tree or a truck to carry them from Spain back to Ohio? That's right, uh, yeah. All the way from <laughs> right. the, what, the the truck that drives all the way from Spain to Ohio. <laughs> it's a long drive, man. <laughs> Dude, this cigar's not bad. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm like pleasantly surprised right now that I have, I, I've recoiled. I am, I am who I am to all our listeners out there, and I won't apologize for it. Um but I will feel bad for it later. <laughs> and when I saw that Johnny might have pulled out a six by 58, mm-hmm. I think I said something like, what the hell? Or, uh, or John, how am I supposed to fit that in my mouth? <laughs> um, which so, so, you know, 58s, we, we like to smoke small gauges. We smoked a lot of small gauges on the show and that's just kind of the, the MO that yeah. I, I pick my cigars by. Is you know the smaller the better in terms of gauge, yep. just because of the, the, the that wrapper flavor. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm the same man. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, and I mean, come on, like street tacos, you know, Rojas. Like, 
there's even people in the industry that are like, I won't do big ring gauge cigars. Yep. Most, you know, most producers, they're making what sells, right? right? But uh, it, it is a real thing, and I don't blame it. I'm the same way. Um, and I got to admit, you know, I'm three-eighths of an inch in, about 11 millimeters, actually. And uh, it does have that slightly flat taste. Does that it? bigger ring gauge cigars have? Say, I'm right? surprised because this is this is better than I thought it'd be. It is pretty good. Yeah, it's very flavorful. Uh-huh. It's not uh, it's not strong like if you're used to a lot of diesel products yeah. and their strength. This is not there, at least not yet. I know I'm just into the cigar, right? But uh, yeah, it's. It, do you taste that char? It's almost like charcoal. There's like a charcoal flavor. Um, some leather. I'm definitely picking up floral now. It's kind of an interesting floral, like uh, it reminds me of chrysanthemums, you know, not like morning glories, which is kind of normal. I think tobacco flowers, you know, they remind me of morning glories. You know, I'm not getting a whole lot specific right now. We'll we'll come back. I, I yeah, I think the uh, I think the retro hail is where I'm tasting the charcoal. It's very interesting. So uh, we've got this uh, cigar lit up, and I, I want to smoke it a little bit before we get into the whiskey. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, get halfway through the first third, yep. uh, burn it down a little bit. And I am uh, also drinking black coffee this morning, per typical. I see you've got some bottled water, great uh, great palate cleanser. Talked yeah. about that last week. Um, so socials, no new uh, emails this week. All of you out there in the internet's disappoint me terribly i was hoping you'd be uh picking on nick this week but no such luck so don't forget you can connect with us burnline podcast at gmail.com and follow us on the show socials threads right that's the new one yeah Uh, instagram x used to be twitter whatever that thing is still uh, not dead yet at burnline podcast um so reach out drop us a drop us a line uh share a picture dm us whatever if you have anything you'd like us to cover on the show Reach out. It is your show, ladies and gentlemen. Uncommon cigar knowledge for the common cigar smoker. We have a YouTube channel, I think, too, right? And we do have a YouTube channel. So yeah. it is, uh, you know, it's audio only. It's got like the little uh, sound wave in the background with like the episode picture. Yeah. But uh, for those of you that like to listen to stuff on YouTube, you can catch our content there as well. And you can turn uh, turn notifications on on Spotify. And you can turn notifications on on Spotify. Someone asked me last week, hey, when when do the episodes come out? I listen every week, but I always miss when they release. And I said, hey, you know that little bell on right. Spotify that says turn on notifications? Why don't you use that? <laughs> That's what it's there for. I was grabbing their collar and shaking them, you know, like a, like a vandal. All right. Well, let's go ahead and smoke this a little bit. And uh, after the break, we will... Pair it up with the whiskey, talk a little bit about the weather change. Before we get into that, Nick, how about our tobacconist tip of the week? And now, your tobacconist tip of the week with Nicholas McCann. So, my tobacconist of the week this week is going to go hand-in-hand with the topic that we're going to discuss in the next segment, but it is about um, ashtray maintenance. And so we're gonna uh, we're gonna clean our ashtrays and we're gonna dump them out, right? So it's always a good idea to have like on your back porch, just like we do in the lounge, uh, a can that you can dump your hot 
uh, cigar butts or your ash into. So, like, not a plastic trash bag. Please, no. Right. Please. Um, yeah, get get something metal. Yeah. Um, I mean, it could, it could even be like a... Like they, I feel like... Uh, what did they used to make those cans? Like Maxwell House, I feel like, used to make coffee in those big cans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. one of those. Yeah. Chock full of nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dump your dump your ash and your butts in there, and then, like, you know, a day, two, three days later, when, whenever you fill it up, then you can dump it in the trash can, right? Yeah, Safety. like let it cool down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, use use a glass cleaner on your ashtray, too. Um, mm. Use uh, Windex, or you can even use Clorox wipes. I like like unscented stuff mm-hmm. because you're I've always been conscious of putting my cigar down on that uh rest yeah and just you know thinking about oh I just use that scented Clorox wipe on there I don't want you know that to mm-hmm. get on my cigar but yeah clean the ashtrays out especially you know when you're done and especially if you're going to put your ashtray away for the season mm. because it's going to stink less and you're going to be happy and ready for it to be there in the spring when it's time to crack it open again and uh yeah just take care of your take care of your stuffs so my routine on on my back porch, I've got one of those deep dish um, ashtrays with the you know cigar rests on it. Comes in super handy because it keeps the wind from blowing that ash everywhere. Nice. Um, and then uh, I have a trash can, like uh, the kind you put out on the curb, yeah. that is next to my back porch under an overhang, so that you know rain doesn't get into it. I mean, it's got a lid, but still, and. Uh, I will take that and dump it out once it's cool right into that trash can. Yep. Don't want to take that indoors and, you know, cigar ash smells. I don't want to walk that in the house, put it in the kitchen trash and get yelled at by she who must be obeyed. Right. Um, and then uh, I use uh, lemon water on a microfiber cloth. There you go. The other thing uh, that I watch out for is I, I will frequently take my band off and put it in that deep dish, mm-hmm. but then that can catch fire and smolder. It can. And it really stinks. Yeah, you know, like burning burning paper can can kind of wreck your cigar experience. Yeah, um, it's even worse if it's still on the cigar and it catches fire. <laughs> but uh, right. so uh, I know a lot of guys that have a cigar box or something that they put their bands in, yep. as well as their cellophane stuff like that. Yep. Um, I would recommend keeping those separate from your ashtray. You know, I don't want to put hot ash on cellophane and that stinky, acrid, you know, burning plastic smell. So. Nick, what a great tobacconist tip of the week. I think it is time for a break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And we are back in the saddle. So I have got about an inch smoked on this. Look at this ash. That's great, beautiful. Great burn line, beautiful ash. It's holding together. I would almost be, uh, I'm curious if this is a candidate for longest ash contest. Ooh. Did I tell you about the guy that cheated? Uh, uh, no. Did we talk about that? No. Oh, yeah, we we used to do this uh, longest ash contest at this one uh, this one shop I went to down in South Carolina. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, you'd have the guy slouched down with the, cigar completely vertical oh i've done this before yeah Yeah. so this guy his ash is fucking six inches he's getting down to the nub everybody's cheering him on and then he turns the cigar sideways and the ash stays 
He had a fucking toothpick in there. Oh, yeah. Yep. I was like, you rat. <laughs> you motherfucker, know? man. And then he was just laughing his ass off like, ha ha, I fucked all of you guys. Oh, like, my God. Dude, I mean, there was no money on the line right. or anything. But uh, yeah, I was like, oh, wow, you took this way too seriously. After after that, he went out and hustled some kids on the basketball court. <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. What a guy. Wow, that's amazing. You want to play pool? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hmm. <laughs> All right, so some flavor notes here. I would say that um, there is a an odd sweet component in here that's not it's not like super sweet, but it's just that mellow sweet that is like aged tobacco sweetness, right? Um, combined with a sweet floral, you know, they, yeah. they kind of merge together. So it's not that bitter floral; it's like the sweet floral. Um, there's a little bit of spice, but uh, not as much as you might expect from Nicaraguan tobacco. Probably you'll notice uh, the Nicaraguan region that is missing is Esteli, which is kind of famous for spicy tobacco. Yep. Um, this is Ometepe, Jalapa, and Candega, so that kind of makes sense. It's more mellow and rounded. Um, and yeah, there's a little bit of that bourbon barrel-aged flavor in there. Um, really good blend, man. Really yeah, good. This is a really good blend, man. Like, I'm, I'm uh, pleased at the... Uh, effort i mean obviously it's aj so he knows what he's doing he's got a lot of good blends but uh i mean you know seeing this on the shelf it does seem gimmicky you know and there's so many like whiskey uh collab cigars that aren't great out there um buffalo trace um but (laughs) you know so i guess my my hopes weren't that high this is our third one i think yeah, yeah, we did the M81, we Weller. did the, the uh, Weller, Cohiba, that was an interesting pairing. Everyone should listen to that episode. That was, um, uh, yeah, hindsight, that was bizarre. It was. Yeah. Because that cigar without the Weller is a strange cigar. Yeah, right, right. But then you pair it oh, with the yeah. Weller, and it's like, oh, wow, that's, that's amazing. a great cigar. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping to have an eye-opening experience mm-hmm. with this with this one as well. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and break open... This bourbon, beautiful bottle. It's got the rabbit cast into the bottle. Um, go ahead and slide your shot glass over here. Get you a little little sniff. Oh my gosh! Thank you, sir. Les le bon temps roulé. All right, so we've got a little bit of this. Again, this is uh, finished in sherry casks. It's a uh, 93 proof so you know not barrel strength like cask strength is usually like 110 114 so 46 and a half percent yeah almost half pure alcohol um <laughs> but then your regular you know your your production proof is 80 you know that's your production whiskey proof um so stronger than that so it's somewhere between then yeah. uh barrel strength and what do they call the cask strength is is regular than production strength is your uh, regular 80 proof. Okay. So, you know, most of your off-the-shelf whiskeys, you know, unless they're special editions, yeah. you know, are 80 proof somewhere in there. Right. Can't be less than 80 or it ain't a whiskey. All right. Then it's just chocolate milk. And it's just chocolate milk. How, how, are, you, how are you doing this, man? Wait, well, you're... I am uh, smelling it first. <sighs> nose, nose in the snifter, mouth open. Um, smells like bourbon. Okay, so... I'm getting a, I'm definitely getting like raisins or currants in there. Um, 
There's a little bit of a cherry, I think, but like dried, <coughs> definitely dried fruit, and then a little bit of like, I don't know, caramel almond, kind of typical bourbon type of flavors. Do that thing, do that again. What'd you get on that? That's going on fucking Instagram. God. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to do the mouthful of smoke and slam it first. No, no, let's do that second. Let's do the puff sip puff first. You want to do that? Puff blow out. Sip swallow. Sip. Yeah. Puff again. Yeah. Let's do that one first. And then with the remainder, we're going to slug it. How does that sound? Woo! All right. All right. So nice draw on this diesel whiskey row rabbit hole derringer. Six by 58. Mm-hmm. Roll that around my palate. Exhale. Take a little sip of this. Chew it up. Interesting. Another puff. And there, goes <coughs> and there goes my ash. That was a solid inch and a half. Right on the felt. I'm going to pinch it off the felt. Look at that. Nice. There you go. I mean, held together. That was good. That was really good. That was good, but you know what was interesting was um, I feel like the cigar actually blunted the bourbon. Like... When you're uh, drinking bourbon, you know, the alcohol, it, it hits your palate hard. You know, like when you're tasting bourbon, you typically taste it at first sip. Yeah. And get that alcohol to kind of blunt your senses. And then you take a second one and you can actually taste the flavors. Right. So with this, like having that smoke, you know, chewing it and rolling it around my palate. And then like it really smoothed out for a, for a 93 proof, really smoothed it out. It was... Um, it was a lot mellower than I thought it would be. The bourbon? Yeah. Oh, man. Mine burned. Well, yeah, you're a rookie. I am. Um, <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that was interesting. It did, it did change the flavors a lot, though. It brought out a lot of the cigar flavors and nuances that I hadn't been yeah. seeing yeah. clearly before. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, um, I think the uh, spice, you know, that's kind of typical when you're, uh, pairing with bourbon because of the alcohol, you know, but the spice came out, uh, the floral really blossomed with that. Um, and then the leather kind of like came to the forefront. Like this is actually a leather flavor and not like a tobacco fruit roll up, you know? Yeah. Tobacco fruit roll up. Don't want to, that's <laughs> FDA is going to get on that real quick. Yeah. 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 I think that the bourbon was spicy, but it was, you know, it was just hot. Dude, it was really hot for me. I want to do that again. Can I get some? Can I put some water in this? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Throw an ice cube in there. Throw a splash of cold water. What do you think? So, one of my drinking mentors, one of the people that taught me how to be a degenerate, mm-hmm. um, was like, "Yeah, just add drops of water until you like find a good zone that you like." What yeah, do you, you can. What do you think? I think that it depends on when the whiskey was invented. So, if you're talking about Scotch, they didn't have an they didn't have ice. They didn't yeah. have an ice market. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time bourbon was invented, that was a whole thing. And it was not uncommon from the get-go to pour bourbon over ice. And a lot of the strength and flavors are designed to be blunted with that. Um, so I think ice works fine with a lot of a lot of bourbons. Do they blend these uh, bourbons to be drinks, drank straight? Drinking straight? Drinking straight? 
Well, you know, it's it's one of those, if you talk to a master blender or whatever, there's so many considerations. And if we're being honest, the primary consideration for pretty much all of the producers is economic. And that is to say, like, how are we going to sell this? So there's an entire brand, like, you know, Jack and Coke is a thing. Now, it doesn't say Tennessee whiskey and Coke, right? It says Jack and Coke. Why? Right? So Jack Daniels is kind of made and marketed and designed to be a mixer, you know, so I haven't met a lot of people that are like, yeah, I'm going to drink Jack Daniels straight. That sounds like a great idea. My palate <laughs> will love it, you know. Um, but what came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, did, did people start mixing it with Coke? And then they were like, hey, man, this is pretty good. And then Jack Daniels was like, oh, we should we should hop on this. Well, I mean, as far as the history there goes, I'm, I, I don't know. Yeah. What I do know is, you know, price point right. determines the level of quality you can you know, kind of bake in. It lent itself to being uh, a mixer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of these, uh, I'm sure that Rabbit Hole Derringer is designed to be good straight, but at 93 proof, they're expecting people to, you know, uh, add to it. You know, 93 is kind of like perfect wheelhouse for a whiskey aficionado that drinks it all the time. That's what I was going to say. This is like a, I yeah. mean, this is like your double Lajero. Yeah. So, like, you you could drink it straight totally if you're into whiskey. Yeah. Um, or you can add water, you can add ice or whatever. Um, and it's, you know, it's not going to water it down too much. Um, and then do- you get into cask strength, and it's like, I mean, I know people that drink cask strength straight, and it's just not enjoyable to me because oh, it blunts the palate so much. It's just too much alcohol, you know. I got one for you to try. Can we do puff, sip, puff again? All right, we're going to do puff, sip, puff again. This is, I also want to say something real quick before we do this. The smoke output on this is, um, I think, like a, a lot of, it's a lot of smoke. I mean, it's a 58 gauge. And so I'm getting smoke in my nasal cavities, mm-hmm. even when I'm not smoking the cigar. Like, it's ever the smoke is everywhere in this room. Mm-hmm. So I think it's affecting my taste as well. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, no matter which way I turn my head, I'm getting like a, a face full of smoke that's just wafting in the air. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. Puff. Nice, long, slow draw. Roll that smoke around. Definitely getting a lot of the, uh, like, just general tobacco, floral, vegetal on that. Now we're going to take a little sip of this rabbit hole derringer. I'm chewing that up. No oxygen. Now I'm going to puff again. Yeah, I think it brings out the sweet and spicy in my cigar. I feel like... uh, I feel like you'd want to be a little sparing in this uh, pairing. Sparing in the pairing. Sparing in the pairing. What the hell do you mean? Well, it's a it's a strong enough whiskey. You got to be paying attention, you know, because you could get drunk fast off of this, and then you're not going to taste your cigar, right? That's uh, pretty much what I mean. Mm-hmm. No, no large Viking quaffs. Yeah, of right. rabbit hole derringer. We're not taking a swig of yeah rabbit hole. Throw the bottle over your shoulder. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this is a you yeah you want a one finger. This is a gentleman's one uh, finger at a time. Yeah, gentleman's pairing, mm-hmm. I think. And also the the cigar is like uh, it is medium bodied. That's surprising for a you know for a a diesel. So it can it can be overpowered. And then also the the blend is it's just well blended to where you know there's there's not really any flavor that jumps out, which means you you know if you blunt your palate with this whiskey. I can imagine uh, 
you know, it not being great for the cigar experience. It could just overpower it. So, yeah. Yeah, because there's nothing standout-ish about the cigar to me mm-hmm. in terms of flavor or mm-hmm. profile or anything like that. Like, it's just a a medium-medium mm-hmm. kind of... And the flavors are really well blended. So it's hard to pick out individual flavors anyway, right? Yeah, it's pretty uniform. Yeah, pretty uniform. Yeah. So on the uh, Rabbit Hole Derringer whiskey, definitely a cherry flavor that's very enjoyable. Um I would say raisins or similar dried fruit, almonds, uh, vanilla, uh, and then, of course, your your uh, spice. So interesting flavor pro- profile on the Derringer. Definitely tastes like bourbon, but uh, I think the uh, vanilla and almond kind of flavors are a little bit heavier than in a lot of bourbons where you just kind of have that sweet corn flavor. Where did the first 95% of this bottle go? In my belly. <laughs> how did you, do you remember how you enjoyed it? Mm-hmm. Was it with a cigar? Was it with friends? Was it with? Yeah, it was with friends. It was with a whiskey uh, whiskey club mm. uh, in a cigar lounge. Mm. Um, and we tried it, you know, just kind of straight sips to kind of, uh, you know, here's what it really tastes like, so to speak. And then uh, most of us drank it uh, straight mm. or with like one rock. Yeah. Um, I poured mine over, you know, we've got these, these little button ice cubes, you know, they're like, they're not like ice cube tray ice cubes. They're the little round, little round ones. Um, I think I put two of those in a rocks glass, got, gave myself a healthy pour. And then, uh, we started smoking some cigars with it. Mm-hmm. I had a, um, um, what is that? The, uh, bento box. Oh yeah, punch. Yeah, yeah. By punch, I had one of those. I can't remember which one. Yeah, um, it's like chop suey. Chop suey. That's what I had. Yeah, yeah. I had the chop suey. So yeah, it was. Uh, it ended up going faster than. Uh, <laughs> yeah, faster than I planned on. So uh, that's funny. All right, so we are going to do long inhale, hold the cigar smoke, nope. slam the whiskey. Not an inhale. Draw. Yeah. Long draw. Hold yeah. the smoke in your mouth. Slam the whiskey. We're going to try that method. So we're going to do... This is the exciting one. Yeah, this one's... It might make you vomit. This, this is the evil Knievel. This is the evil Knievel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. Woo! I like the smoke in our glass. Remember? Yeah. Wow, that was awesome. That was really awesome. That, that, is, that method's always fun. That's okay, a lot of fun. So Holy crap. It is. That is a lot of fun. Too many of those, though. And you're oh, definitely geez. killing your <laughs> Take a nap on the couch <laughs> yes. in the lounge. Yeah. Um, okay, so to me that brought like an explosion of fruit flavor when I did that. Like what are dried you, cherries. What are you marketing for gushers? Yes. An it was like, a, it was like of fruit, fruit flavor. It was like fruit gush. <laughs> yeah. So like this um fresh cherry burst, dried cherries, dried currants, dried raisins. Um all of that really came out with that method. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I I did get some vanilla too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like on the finish. Yep. You know, it's almost like you have a um, like if you had a cherry that was um, soaked in like almond yak. Almond yak. Yeah. You know, almond liqueur. Sure. Almost like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I was thinking uh, cherry vanilla coke. Mm. 
Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. But I am I am a simpleton. Well, it did. Uh, since you bring it up, uh, it was sweeter. Yeah, it was. Like that definitely brought some sweetness out. Yeah. I wonder what our uh, gold Johnny Midas uh, Phantom of the Opera studio art thinks about this whole performance. <laughs> yeah, smoke output is good on the cigar. The burn is really good. Construction is good. Um, I'm picking up a little more like vegetal bitter as I'm exploring the second third. Mm-hmm. Um, the leather component has really faded to the background. Mm. Um, definitely a floral sweet uh, note on there. Um, and the spice is still very low. You know, yeah. for It is. You're right. You know, for a Nicaraguan filler. It's not bitey at all. This is a... Uh, like surprisingly mild. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's still mid-bodied, but I think I expected a little bit more based on the what it's made out of. So then let's talk about the pairing, right? Because yeah. the pairing, it's a 93 proof. Yeah. So this, like if you take a puff and then you take a sip, like the whiskey is the, like the whiskey screams. Yeah. And the yeah. cigar whispers. Right. Yeah. So what is the... I'm trying to figure out what the best way to consume this pairing is. Like, is it like... I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I think I would do. I think that, you know, I would probably sip the whiskey, probably over rocks. I want to blunt it a little bit, you know, for sharing it with the cigar. For sure. Um, I would probably sip it and, like, prep my palate and then smoke the cigar. And I think what I've noticed is, like, the, the whiskey definitely makes the cigar stronger i think because the alcohol like sensitizes your taste buds or whatever yeah it makes it a little sharper a little stronger right um that's probably how i would go about it mm-hmm. yeah i'm with you very interesting though that the usually you have to when you're going to do a cigar and whiskey pairing or even a collaboration like this where you where you, you kind of intend for the the two to be consumed together you want the cigar to kind of stand up Closer to the whiskey, but these are you know pretty far apart in terms of yeah, I think so. Like palate strength, yeah. I, th- I think the best one that we've done is actually the uh, Cohiba Weller pairing. Do like, you? Yeah, because that that cigar just turned into a really good smokable cigar once you added the Weller. Without it, that's true. It had like too many flavors fighting each other. You're right about that. Um, yeah, you're right about that. And then the M81, you know, the cigar by itself is just so one note. Kind of mm-hmm. heavy, mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely held its own. Yeah, you know, like that was a strong that, cigar. That, that's what I'm saying, though. Like yeah. it's like they made that cigar yeah. so that it would, you could smoke it and then distinctly differentiate between the whiskey right. and the cigar. Right. This one, not so much. No. I, I, they're pretty far apart. Like you're going to have to be delicate if you want to enjoy both at the same time, which is fine. Yeah. You know, I I enjoy going into a cigar lounge and, you know, being a gentleman. Yeah. And sipping my whiskey right. and sipping my cigar. You know, I'm not here to chug all the time. Sometimes I am. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but you do, I think you, you're going to have to be careful, you know, with this pairing because you could ease. I mean, if you're drinking this neat and you get halfway through a glass, oh, dude. I mean, forget about it. Like, you're not even tasting the cigar. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just nicotine at that point, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and you think that's because the the alcohol is so strong. Yeah. I the just, tastes the, are so strong. Yeah. it, it It's a very flavorful and high alcohol content, you know, whiskey. And then the cigar yeah. is just a mid-bodied, uh, you know, like the nuance. It's so nuanced, yeah. you know. Yeah. 
and you know, alcohol is not great for helping you detect nuance. Mm-hmm. The, the the cigar. I mean, I'll be honest, man. This the flavor on the cigar is faint. Mm-hmm. The flavor, yeah. the the distinctive flavors are faint. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's like, that's okay. You know, it's not all cigars are meant to taste like cashews. Right? Yeah, yeah. What's interesting about this cigar is I think I would prefer to smoke it like not paired. Hmm. Like I think it's a good cigar to just smoke, you know. But it takes a little bit of energy and effort to pick it apart. So I'd almost want to smoke it on its own. I uh I disagree, which is awesome. Apparently that's good for viewership. Um I think this cigar needs the whiskey. Okay. Yeah. Tell me more. I just think that it's it's on its own, it's not enough. I think it's like white rice. I think the cigar is like white rice, and the whiskey is like the special sauce. Sure. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Interesting take. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, the weather change, right? So, so we're we're rolling into fall. I yeah. mean, I got up early this morning to watch the sunrise with my coffee, and it was like fifty degrees, and I've got my fleece hooded uh, robe that I wear. Um, most of us smoke cigars in a lounge or outdoors. And there's a reason for that, which is, you know, cigar smoke uh, is dirty and smelly, and most of us don't smoke it indoors. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple of friends with cigar lounges built into their basements. They're fucking awesome. Most of us don't have that. Um, And so, you know, how do you prepare for colder weather if you're smoking outside? Yeah. And, you know, the hardcore guys will be like, you just smoke it like in the summer. Light it up and light it up and chug. Um. I think maybe, you know, for a lot of our listeners, a little more prep than that is probably a good idea. Yeah. Right. So a couple of things. The first is make sure you have an appropriate lighter. Um, you probably want a butane torch, you know, something that, that burns hot and stays lit. But you don't want to leave it outside because... I was going to say, I have screaming advice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't don't leave it outside and then expect it to work right when you right. pick it up. Butane uh, below a certain temperature will not catch fire. Yeah. So, is that true? Yeah. Chemistry um, and stuff. Yeah, and it's uh it the the combustion temperature is actually kind of high. Even I though think, it feels cold. I think it's like forty five degrees or something. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh below that it it just won't light. You yeah. can stick it in your pocket or uh in your crotch and warm it up, you know, old uh, old trick there. Yeah. But uh yeah, keep your lighter inside. But even outside. so that'll take I mean that'll take five, ten minutes. Oh, it'll take a while, yeah. yeah. Now in the summer I have several butane torches I just leave on the porch. Right. You know, there's not gonna get hurt. I have a covered porch, but I was gonna say maybe don't do direct sunlight, but yeah. Yeah. Like my my I have a pavilion mm-hmm. um adjacent to my porch. But uh in the winter, yeah, they gotta come inside. Also, uh don't smoke uh Lanceros or smaller ring gauge cigars. Um what tends to happen is a larger percentage of the cigar is too cold to smolder. And of course it's all the wrapper and you kind of need that meat in the middle to keep the cigar warm enough. So the wrapper keeps burning. Yeah. Uh, you'll find, you know, Lanceros are hard to smoke outside anyway, right. just because of airflow and wind and stuff. But, uh, in the cold, they, they really suck. You know, they just go out yeah. uh, or you, you tunnel or something like that. Um, well, I think that's an important point too, is the, if you're going to, I mean, you're, you know, let's say everyone's house is 70 degrees. If you're going to take that cigar that you've been storing in your house at 70 degrees for six, six months and you're going to light it on fire and take it outside and it's 20, you know, 35 degrees, 40 degrees, 45 degrees outside, right? That's going to, like the cigar is going to get cold, but it's going to be warm. Like that's a very quick, uh, rapid temperature change for that yeah. cigar. Yeah. 
And so um, I expect a lot of like rapper. No, thank you. <laughs> I expect a lot of rapper cracking and yep. uh, yeah, and just like just be careful on that end because if you smoke it too fast, right, then it's really gonna you're really gonna have, I think, some issues with the construction. And of course, if you store your cigars outside, so I've got several friends with outdoor humidors in the summer. Um, if they get cold, good luck. Like you're gonna split that wrapper in a heartbeat oh, so quickly. Uh, and of course, you have to worry about uh, dehumidification when it's colder. Yeah, that's right. right. So, what's your tip? I have a tip. Go ahead. Uh, so, if you like are a guy that normally uses 65 or 69 percent boveda in the summer months or in the more humid months. It's a good idea to, to step it up to 72 or 75 during the winter months because um, the air outside is that much drier. Yep. I do 65 and 70. 65 in the winter, 65 in the summer, 70 in the winter. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's what I do. Yeah. Good, uh, good tip. So yeah, you can keep smoking outdoors, uh, you know, right up until the snow falls. And then my recommendation is when it gets to the point where your fingers get cold, go to the lounge. Yeah. That's, that's right. what it's there for. Wow. You know, um, so, uh, and, and it's interesting, uh, all of the sales data that I have from all of my friends across the U S who own cigar shops, uh, cigar sales drop off in the winter. Uh, and so, one reason for that is it's harder to smoke outside right. or less enjoyable right. to smoke outside. Right. Well, guess what? The lounge is indoors and it is heated and yeah. humidity controlled and everything else. So yeah. Come on in and enjoy yourself. Holy crap. We have TV and there's a restroom right here and. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you don't have to pee as often because you're not out in the cold. Yeah, you're so. not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, it is time for our Cigar News of the Week. Here's your host, Nicholas McCann. Cigar News. Here is your host, Nicholas McCann. Uh, Intertobac is happening, I think, which is super cool. Um, Intertobac is like the Germany, the big Germany trade show. It's like European market trade show, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting. Like us in the U.S. market don't... <clears throat> I don't know. We know about PCA, mm-hmm. you know that that trade show that happens in well, what used to be used to be in Vegas, New Orleans now, right? It's yeah, yeah. It's moving there uh, next year, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then like Pro Cigar is a, it's another conglomerate of companies that um, takes place in the Dominican. Um, but Intertobac is like the one that that takes it place in Germany, and it's like a, a European centric kind of event. Um, I know the Middle East highly attends Inter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyone, anyone that's not, you know, anyone that's across the pond yep. is going to be. Um, and so like a lot of, we'll see like a lot of releases and stuff like PCA esque releases. Right? right. So like so-and-so company releases, blah, 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 enter to back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is what that is. Um, like, yeah, I'm just reading all these re- new releases for enter to back and it's just, um, Trinidad, the Trinidad, dude, you like this cigar, the Trinidad Espiritu? Yeah, yeah. They make they made a number three. Interesting. So it's coming to stores on Halloween. All right. What's um, different? What's changed? So the number one was strong. Right. The number two is the Brazilian. Mm-hmm. The number one was the. Let me see if I can't find. I, I want to say the number one's a Habano. Oh, yeah. Number one's a Nicaraguan Puro. Yep. Number two is the Brazilian wrapper. And then this one is going to be a um, Mexican San Andres. Interesting. By Nerdfiller Nicaragua. And it looks like, I mean, the the one there, oh, the wrapper's, the wrapper's being described as extra fermented, um, which sounds really good. 
but the pictures they're showing too is it, it it's a bellicoso. Oh, nice. Yeah, interesting. Which, which is super exciting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's I mean that's huge. The Trinidad line is obviously it's a, like it's a Cuban heritage brand that Altidus kind of picked up and ran with in the you know the American market. But the yeah the Trinidads are good. Yeah, I remember the Spiritu number one was very strong, and you know if you like Nicaraguan puros, great cigar. And then the number two is a little milder. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people like the balance better, you know. So I'll be interested uh, in this one. You know, Mexican San Andres is a really interesting rapper, and it, I guess maybe, gosh, time flies. I guess it's been like ten years ago where it kind of emerged as like a specialty rapper, and people were a little iffy about it. Sure, but the quality was there. Yeah, it just had like more of a, a dirty, earthy taste yeah. to it. Yeah, and now it's like in such demand that you know it's it's getting expensive. Right. I think the new, I think the new Mexican San Andres is like. Pennsylvania Broadleaf and yeah. Connecticut Broadleaf. Even that's getting, uh, you know, thanks to Foundation and some of these guys, like it's starting to get a name. Right. Uh, so it's probably going to go up in price too. Think, so uh, next stop, Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> you know, El Septimo. Yeah. Or uh, or Honduras. Honduras. I don't Honduras. think there's a lot Honduras of rappers. Honduras is awesome. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of rappers that come out of Honduras. Um, and then the, I think the last thing, bit of news is the Avo Seasons Fall limited edition 2023 uh went on sale which is a really cool they released a spring summer fall and they're gonna release a winter and the blends different every time it's a 10 count box with a slide off glass top nice yeah that's and pretty they're cool all, they're all like uh diademo yeah um figurato shaped cigars so the, i had the spring and it was excellent i like avo yeah i like avo stuff not uh you know not super affordable but uh, worth it. Um, okay. With that, it is time for a break. Keep your dials locked in to Burnline Podcast. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Johnny Midas. This week, my personal smoke is the New World Oscuro by A.J. Fernandez. This is a beautiful box-pressed cigar with the New World by A.J. Fernandez band and a red uh, ribbon wrapper on the foot that is glued not taped very easy to remove the wrapper is a dark nicaraguan wrapper juicy and delicious looking the binder is from jalapa and the fillers are from ometepe candega and esteli i like to pair this cigar with a strong black coffee it smokes well it's strong rated 94 by cigar journal and was a top 25 cigar of the year in 2014 by cigar journal comes in a wooden flip top box and is uh, very affordable in price point i would recommend you give it a try and join us as always for our cigar recommendations and more on burnline podcast at burnline podcast on the socials and of course drop us a line what are you smoking this week and what would you like us to review burnline podcast at gmail.com i'm johnny midas thanks for joining and we're back from the break with our Diesel Whiskey Row Rabbit Hole Derringer, this is an A.J. Fernandez collab. Uh, it scored a 91 from Cigar Aficionado when it came out, 92 from Cigar Snob, and was ranked in the top 25 by Cigar Co-op in 2019. Um, this is a mid-bodied cigar. The wrapper is Connecticut Broadleaf, the binder is Brazilian, and the filler is Nicaraguan. Um, Ometepe, Jalapa, Candega. And, 
yeah, it's a it's a mid-bodied smoke. We paired it with this rabbit hole derringer. Pretty good whiskey. Um, but I think it's time to talk about our final tasting notes and then wrap this up with a ranking. Um, so, you know, we're in the final third. I'll go ahead and start Nick the Brick. Um, I got to say, uh, it is a flat cigar. Yeah. Um, it's definitely mid-bodied. Um, definitely a lot less strength than I would expect from looking at the blend. I'm guessing, you know, more middle, lower primings on it. Right. Yeah, just because of the, I mean, the makeup is, when you think broadly Brazilian, Nicaraguan, that's like, those are three, Mm -hmm. you know, whether or not they're super full-bodied, it's going to be certainly like a flavorful. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm getting uh, definitely getting floral, um, not much spice at all. I think it was uh, I think the spice came out, you know, with the the whiskey a little bit, but it was almost stronger on the first inch. Yeah, a um, little bit of sweetness, some of that bourbon bourbon barrel flavor, but other than that, uh, a, a pretty flat and pretty one note uh, cigar. To be honest with you. It looks like the Toro is a six six by fifty. I I would try it in the Toro, just to mm-hmm. see if that the ratios change anything, right? Because mm-hmm. you know the difference between a fifty eight and a fifty is 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 a lot. Um, but yeah, I I agree with you, man. I think that I just got like a little 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 bit of dark chocolate bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's been one note, and it's all you know been the same. Mm-hmm. And so my uh, argument is try the cigar on its own to try to pick apart the flavors, and yours is try it with the whiskey to add flavor. Yeah, so right, I think, exactly. Yeah, I think both are uh, kind of legit approaches. So uh, why don't we go ahead and rank this cigar? Uh, and we start with presentation. Nick, what have you got for presentation? Uh, match the purples. <laughs> um, <laughs> otherwise, I, I like it a lot. I think this is... Because it's sherry cask, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like kind of the, the color of the purples, like kind of that mm-hmm. red, whiny, uh, port, mm, purplish. I, I mean, I like it a lot. I just wish it, you know, would match the colors a little bit better. So, uh, eight. Eight from Nick on presentation. Uh, I gave it a seven for presentation. I think it's a good presentation. Um, I like how the band matches the uh, bottle. Um, I'm not a big fan of the the giant inch and a half foot band uh, <laughs> on it, um, and I'm not a fan of how difficult it was to take both bands off. Um, but the colors are nice, and you know they just match the rabbit hole branding. Except they messed up the color, so you know it like it's part of the color palette, you know. But uh, it also, you know, call me picky, but uh, I would want it to match. Like you put all the other effort in, yeah, you know? right. Um, the the whiskey bottle is much more on the pink red side, and the cigar is much more on the purple yeah. side, right? So, difference between a tint and a shade. Yep. Um, all right, so let's talk about price. And uh, these usually run around nine dollars. Um, depends on the state you're in, how much taxes you have to pay, that sort of thing. But kind of continues Diesel's tradition of affordable yeah. uh, cigars for sure. Um, so, Nick, where are you at on price for this one? Um. I'm going to say maybe 
something that's oxymoronic, but it's a great value, but not a great cigar. Mm-hmm. So uh, seven. Mm-hmm. Like it's a good like I don't know. Nobody's complaining about paying nine dollars for a six by fifty eight, right? But what do you get? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I've got a seven for price as well. Um, really, uh, nothing to add there. Like nine dollars is a good good price for a cigar this size, but uh, it's not a great cigar. So you know, it's it's not really a value. I guess I'll put it that way. Yeah, it's affordable. Yeah. But it's not a value. Right. And uh, flavor. What have we got there, Nick? Jeez, man. Uh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, the first number that came to my head just now was rough. And it was? Four. Four on flavor from Nick. Holy cannoli. There, I mean, there just wasn't any. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a five for flavor. So I think we're real close on that. Um, yeah. Same for me. Like, there's just not a lot of flavor, um, and it doesn't change. You know, like like you said, the the sort of cocoa bitter kind of picked up in the second third. Yeah. Other than that, uh, you know, very flat, very one note, and and most of all, just not a lot of flavor uh, there. Dude, so. I don't, I don't. This might be a caveat, but I don't know. Like, you know, when I was driving here this morning, I was like, huh, this is going to be interesting because I don't smoke a lot of uh, barrel aged cigars, mm-hmm. right? I don't have, and, and, and literally my thought was, I don't have a good um, outlook on how I find quote-unquote flavored cigars to taste like. Right. Because when you hear barrel-aged, I expect an overwhelming amount of flavor. Right. And this was like on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, I think, uh, I think if you wanted to calibrate your palate, a uh, Perdomo Habano series, bourbon barrel-aged tobacco... Yeah. Yeah. is a great example of a cigar that, you know, it's not infused or flavored, but the tobacco leaves are aged in um, bourbon casks to give you an idea of like how that affects the flavor. Yeah. But, uh, of course, those are Nicaraguan uh, puros, and uh, they're spicy and, you know, a lot more flavor than this. Right, yeah. It's like, all right, what part of the what part of this is from the barrel and what part of this is from the, right. you know, the actual tobaccos themselves, the, you know, flavor-wise, but, yeah. Of course, the uh, Perdomos retail for about the same, right, so right. you know that kind of uh, explains our rating on price. And then, how about construction? So, on mine, uh, I didn't have any issues with construction. You can see where I clipped it, clipped ni- nice and firm. Of course, I attribute that to my authoritative clipping. Um, all of the parts, you know, the the cap, the wrapper, they stayed bonded together, burned well, firm. Firm ash, stacking dimes, good burn line. It's not like razor straight, but uh, you know it follows the contours of the the natural veins and stuff in the the wrapper. And of course, as a Connecticut broadleaf uh, Maduro, it does have like pronounced veins, and that yeah. affects uh, the burn line. Yeah. Um, it stayed well lit, good smoke output. Yeah, um, I've got an eight on construction. Okay. Uh, Nick, what have you got? Uh, eight. Sorry, eight's fine as well. Uh, I was gonna give it an eight. I I agree with what you said. And the smoke output was the smoke output was pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like this is just because of the bigger gauge, um, but it's like very smoky in here. I think it is because the smoke itself is not heavy. It's not. Yeah. Right. 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 I'm with but you. there's a lot of smoke output. Right. They're just burning a lot of tobacco. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But no. I mean, no. Consider the draw was good. There was enough back pressure, as yeah. you say. Yeah. Um, 
the ash was kind of flaky, but it held on for you know inch long, yeah, uh, segments, which was good. Yeah, yeah, eight, eight. All right, and that brings us to experience. So, Nick, after uh, smoking this diesel whiskey row rabbit hole derringer, what uh, what's your overall experience? A uh, six. I don't know. Six from Nick on experience? I don't really. This is the, I don't know, didn't didn't do it for me. Yeah, I actually, I had a five nice. on experience. Um, it, for, for similar, like, you know, in this price point, you have choices, you know, not as many as in the $12 range, but uh, you have choices and uh, most of them are better. Um, you know, the, the flavor is not bad. There's just not enough of it. Um, you know, there's nothing to really grab your attention. And then when you think about use case, it's like, well, we're pairing it with this not inexpensive, you know, whiskey. High, pr- high proof. High proof. Yeah. Um, it doesn't stand on its own legs. So that's a little bit of a problem. Yeah. And then, you know, like, could you smoke it outdoors? Sure. But I don't think it's robust enough. You know, could you smoke it in the lounge? Yeah, if you want to pay attention and pick the tastes apart for sure, but yeah. you're not going to do that more than once probably. Um, and and I I uh, I would advise you to exercise caution if you're looking to pick the tastes apart for this cigar, mm-hmm. because that seems to me, after having smoked it once, right, which is not not I don't think enough, but that's grasping for straws. I think to pick apart the flavor on the cigar is like, yeah, and I think. Uh, Having smoked this one, I would recommend the Toro if people are yeah. going to try it. You know, just give it give a chance to like the higher wrapper ratio. You know, of a smaller ring gauge. Um, so want to be a little fair, but that gives it a total score of thirty four, which uh, is not not very good. Um, so that's kind of our our take on the uh, Diesel Whiskey Row Rabbit Hole Derringer. Um, I don't know any closing thoughts or comments. Uh, this is this is a cigar that if if I'm looking to put smoke in the air and I have this cigar in my humidor, I'll smoke. Yeah, and uh, it is affordable. So yeah. if you're looking for a bigger ring gauge, you know, high smoke output cigar, you know, it doesn't taste bad. It's just there's not a lot of taste. If you want to cut the grass or, you know, fish with it, I, I don't think that's an issue. Yeah. But I think yeah. that's about the extent of it. Yeah, agree. And that is all that we have got this week on Burnline Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to meeting you again next week.